another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. Fantastic. More Iron Maiden. More Iron Maiden. Iron the Maiden, album the plus album. the band. Yeah. <laughs> In this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about a band from England. You may know them, Iron Maiden. From, and they had an album called Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got pretty deep into uh, Phantom of the Opera last time. We did, didn't we? I love pulling song clips apart like that. Yeah, I was reflected back on it um, the last two episodes. And, uh, you know, we agree that, that it's the best side of the album. Yeah. And it starts really strong. Um, you know, I got to run it free. I mean, I gave it a bit of a a bit of a hard go, uh, yeah. but only relatively. And I think you're just kind of sick of it, too. Yeah. Because I remember you said it. the same thing about Run to the Hills and yeah. also Stairway to Heaven. Yes. And all those songs were like, those songs suck. And yeah. Like, and they don't suck. You're just sick of them. I know, but like, so. Uh, if I force feed you your favorite food for a month, you're going to be. It's funny you, you say like that because I, I, was, I was trying to be set together in, in, when I was in the shower today. And I was literally like, maybe when I was a kid, I had like some, I was at gym class and they were like, run faster, run faster. <laughs> and I was like crying. And then I'm like, I hate run to the hills. I hate running free. Anything to do with running, I'm just out. <laughs> trauma. I know, trauma. It's funny because I, I ran uh, track in high school. So it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I was a long distance runner. Yeah. Was, it, was it lonely? <laughs> I was. It was lonely. It was lonely. Yeah, yeah. And the Charlotte, the Charlotte's ignored me. But anyway, um, this next uh, two episodes, the the uh, the second side of this album. Yep. Um, oh, we'll get into it, but I find not as good as the first. So I got some aspects on this one too, and there might be a track on here that I'm a little bit sick of. I really love the second side of this album yeah but i do agree that i don't think it's as strong anyway we'll get it let's talk about the song first and then we'll compare the a and b sides so but first before we do that let's get into this beer yes an alcohol beverage this is from saint pete brewing company yes it's milo's india pale ale so a lot of ipas going on in this podcast citrus hops again (laughs) it's saint petersburg florida nice so Worrying about those wasted beers. These cans get smaller every year, though, don't they? <laughs> oh, one thing I noticed about our last podcast. What's that? We both sat our beers down in front of the microphone. And it went fizz, fizz, fizz. No, just be quiet and listen to this. Neat. Yeah, you can hear that. <laughs> because I was like, what's that weird static in the background? I was like, oh, it's the... It's the fizz. It's our beer sat down too close to the mic. Everybody listening is getting thirsty. Mm. This is really, really bitter. I like this. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That is oh, so bitter. I know, hey? It's yeah. the aftertaste. I love it. That's amazing. It's a really, really bitter. Wow. St. Pete's Barinco Milo's Pale Milo's Pale Ale. Wow. That's awesome. One of my favorite beers, I think, in the last little while. It's the last of my the last Florida of trip the Florida stock. Bring home beers. Yeah. Okay. So in the in the first episode, you gave the background. Yeah. We went through how it was recorded, the production, and that's been that's much discussed with this album. Mm-hmm. And it was great. We broke that down. On the last episode, we went through the cover art. Right. Yeah. And the horrible. Uh, and the redo. second version yeah. of the cover art. Yeah. I'm going to turn this album yeah, around which, so we can stare at the cover which art. Which I also talking. hated until I realized how much you hate. Now I'm starting to think. <laughs> I'm starting to reconsider. <laughs> reconsider. Yeah. Um, 
So we, we broke down the cover art. Uh, we looked at we, the cover on the, uh, on the single as well. Um, today, let's get into the tour a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, before we get into the tracks, let's talk about the Because, I mean, it's an appropriate time, too, because the tour is just ramping it's, up. Yeah, just yeah. about. So uh, we're going to have an episode about the tour doing a recap. Mm. Um, nice. So this is the band's first solo headlining tour in 1980. Um, Wikipedia says it started April 1st. Um, according to Maiden's official website, it started February 1st. Mm. Um, the IronMaiden.com website's a bit of a mess with this tour info, according like with this era. It lists dates for this tour February 1st through March and into April. But that was actually the Metal for Mothers tour. Yeah. But they call that the first album tour on the Maiden website. They actually had a full tour planned through February and March, but canceled most of it to uh, record the album or to wow. mix the album. So they played the Metal for Mothers tour in February 1980 and pulled out so they could mm. mix the album. And then March 7th, they tour again, supporting Judas Priest. And then April 1st, they start the Iron Maiden tour. Wow. So the actual tour started April 1st, the UK leg. Uh, April 10th, 1980, Grimsby, England. They played instrumental because Paul mm-hmm. Diano was sick. They ended the tour August 28th, 1980. They played the Reading Festival, which was huge, right? Yeah. So Samson true. played earlier that day with Bruce. And Maiden played second last and UFO closed. Wow. So playing Reading Festival is like huge, right? So, you know, playing ahead of Samson. So yeah. they're... You know, that's pretty their big stride. Way. So they're actually uh, throughout the tour. They're headlining. We talked about in one of the episodes recently um, about memorabilia. I wonder, did they have like proper tickets printed? It'd be interesting to see if anyone ever had like. Oh, if you yeah. go online, yeah, there's yeah. a. If you go online, you can find scans of all these ticket stubs. Really? Yeah, people yeah. have them all over the place. They kept them. Eh? There was a thing I think on. Uh, was it on? Was it on Maiden's Twitter where they asked people to show their oldest ticket stubs or maybe it was on the fan club forum yeah but there's a bunch of really old ones like really old ones which is pretty cool do you keep yours oh yeah 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 i've got a few i got them all upstairs i don't know what i'm gonna do with them i haven't put in this little like folder thing my wife got me this little binder for ticket stubs yeah and you just put all your ticket stubs in it it's pretty cool never thought about that someday i might take them out and put them all like on a thing on the wall or something yeah i don't know yeah so reading festival yeah actually i have a clip of reading festival yeah um, this is Maiden at the Reading Festival doing Remember Tomorrow. Paul sounds amazing in this version. Paul sounds awesome, hey? Wow. That's quite yeah. the note for him to hit. You're not expecting him to go that high. Yeah. And when he hits it, it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. So that's available on the BBC archives. Remember I had that CD? What episode were we? Oof. Was it where I had the Donington and the BBC archive here? I can't remember. Anyway, the BBC archive CD that came as part of Eddie's archive. Yeah. I think I think we brought it the up because set. in the early years we talked about okay. the BBC recording. Oh, like you're right. We were wondering if we released it, and you said no. That right. release came out of this tour. So the BBC archive yeah. CD has both Reading Festivals 1980 and 1982. Nice. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. 
Um, they then they got a support slot for Kiss, and that got them yeah. in front of huge audiences. That's right. So, uh, after the last Kiss support date in October thirteenth, nineteen eighty, that's when Dennis Stratton gets the axe. Yeah. And then uh, November eighth, nineteen eighty, on a German TV show, Adrian makes his first appearance. And they do Running Free. I was gonna make a uh, a clip of it, yeah. but they played to a backing track. They just kind of like lip synced along. Really? For this German TV show. Yeah. Uh, it's on YouTube if you look for it. Was it the Adrian episode where we talked about Stratton like he was apparently, you know, he was older and he was hanging out a with A little the, older, but not, yeah. yeah. He was 25 and they were like 20. four years old. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's a lot of age difference when you're... Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, I think of nothing like that 20% now, but when you're 20 older. and you're 24, that is... A, <laughs> a huge difference, yeah, right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous when you look at it now, uh, but... Um, so the, he was hanging out and more interested seemed to be kind of kissing up to kiss and hanging out with them. And I guess Steve yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. But that's a huge opportunity yeah. for them to, to, you know, play with kiss. And at that stage, they'd already done Judas Priest previously. Yep. So they've had some big yep. associations. So, yeah, during that, yeah. you know, after the last kiss support date, Dennis Stratton is out of the band. And out of the band. Adrian's in. He plays his first actual show with Maiden November 21st, 1980 in uh-huh. Uxbridge, England. So actually the last show... Of that tour was December 21st at the Rainbow. And that's where the Live at the Rainbow video comes from. Nice. Yeah. And the last date of that tour. Okay. Here's something weird that I was, uh, I was just kind of going through these old maiden, you know, bootlegs and whatever. The last date of that tour at the Rainbow Theater that I was just talking about. That's where you hear that story. You always hear that story about Paul Diano when he does Killers. You know that version of Killers where he has different lyrics? Yeah. And he basically says that he wrote the lyrics like five minutes before he went on stage. And, you know, he went on and that's why the lyrics are like made up. Yeah. Um, so that's like a story that you hear a lot. And I've read, I think it's even on the Wikipedia for the, and it's, uh, there's an interview with him on the early years DVD too, where mm. he said, he says like, they, he makes it sound like they told him they're playing killers and he had to scramble to come up with the lyrics and he was like, you know, put on the spot. Um, and I got a quote here. It says, Steve had the song and I had the idea for the lyrics, but Steve wanted to play it live at the rainbow. And I thought, oh crap, I had a rough idea, but I made up words as we went along live on stage in front of all those bloody people. But I researched it. Yeah. I looked up the set lists and I found out they were playing killers alive as early as May, 1980. And the rainbow show was the 54th time that they played that song live. Wow. So he didn't make up the lyrics. That's like a, a little oh, crap. That's, that's, well, that's, that's classic ball. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's another common maiden story that I'm going to debunk. Yeah. Wow, it's in books. It's in documentaries. It's on Wikipedia. That's a good one. Not, can't be true. Cool. So, yeah. they, so they had Killers on this tour. Like for, well, from they had when, most of the songs from Killers by this point already yeah. done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had, they had some songs right back and, and even released. But um, yeah, that's that's wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So when you hear Paul, yeah, tell that story, it's not true. <laughs> he might have done it the first time. I actually have a clip of it. Oh, okay. you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay.
So I see the lyrics are like different. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't making them up on the spot. I guess he forgot them or I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Too many pills. Yeah, what, what, could have, what, what could have been throwing him off his game? You know? So the last thing I'm going to say about the tour, the set list for most of the tour, when they weren't mm. opening, when they were pl- like headlining, they played, well, they started out with the Ides of, Ides of March as the intro. And they did okay. Sanctuary, Prowler, Wrathchild, Remember Tomorrow, Charlotte the Harlot, Killers, Another Life, then a drum solo, Transylvania, Guitar Solo, Strange World, Innocent Exile, Phantom of the Opera, and Iron Maiden. And then for the encore, they did Running Free, Drifter, and I've Got the Fire. Wow. Which I've Got the Fire we did on one of the B-sides. Episodes. That's right. That's yeah. right. They did Once They Did Invasion, and Once They Did Women in Uniform. Yeah. At the Kraus, Kuth Rock Festival, yeah. they did Invasion. And in Newcastle, England, they did Women in Uniform. So that's interesting because that's a pretty, there's a lot of killers on that. Yeah, I had the merch, Rothschild, yeah. Killers, Another Life, Innocent Another Exile, life, yeah. and Drifter. Yeah, they left off Invasion. They played it once. Yeah. yeah. And they went, but they also left off that, that B-side. Like they've, they've got oh, more stuff. Ambition? Yeah, yeah, Burning Ambition. Yeah. It's interesting that that they that's that's such a, that's funny. Like if you're listening to that, you must be like, yeah. when's the next album coming? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you're getting like six songs from an album that's not released yet. Yeah. Which when did be. they, when did, they must have written them, at, what were they left on the cutting room floor or something? No, in the early, well, they had all the, yeah. remember when we were talking about that in the early years, they had all the, most of, not all. Yeah, they had the bulk But of that, most, right? the bulk of these two albums they had been playing for a long time. They just chose. When they came the, to do the first album, yeah. they just picked to the record. ones they really Yeah. I guess they handpicked the ones they thought would make a good album. That's right. And then Killers. They yeah. came up with a few extras, but then they had a lot of those songs already done too. So yeah. let's get into the album again. Yeah. This is, hold on, let me turn this around. I'll turn one of these albums, I'll turn so we can see the back. See the back. And one I'll turn so we can see the front. And Quick quick point before we get into it, that Adrian, like Stratton's tenure is really short when you look at it this way, when you step back. Adrian yeah. wasn't, he came in pretty quick. Now they had a lot of this stuff done and stuff, but he came in like the fall in 79. And then he's gone in the fall of 80. So he's, he is there during some key recordings. And he missed some early recordings we talked about in the early years. Yeah. And then... He's there for the album and for the tour in the fall. He's not around that long. No, he's uh, yeah. yeah. If you look at him in the in the timeline of like the early years that we did, yeah, the birth of the Beast episodes, he's yeah. like, yeah, he came in, but he came in at a very vital time. Yeah, right. I think that's more my takeaway on this stuff when I look at it now is. I always, you know, the 75, I always thought it was like 75 to 77. And then around 77 to until uh, till Iron Maiden came out, they started getting stuff together and they were dropping recordings. And it was, but in reality, it was like touring and, and changing, at, not touring, but like playing local and uh, the bridge house and the, you know, cart and horses. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like 79 came and just started rapid firing into 80. And then they're like, it, it, it really happened fast. Yeah. They yeah, like from slugged a, it out in the bars, yeah. turning over members till they got the, they hit that right lineup. Mm. And then it was just, this right. momentum started and they, yeah, straight through till. Um, till this album. Yeah. Side two. <laughs> Side two. You flip it over. You're so in a you good were mood. saying. Yeah. Okay. So you, yeah, you're listening to Prowler, which we said was an awesome opener. Yes. Remember Tomorrow, which is a great second track. Yes. I thought Running Free was a perfect track for to lead up to Phantom of the Opera. I think it's good words placed, yeah. yeah. And then you end the second, the first side with Phantom of the Opera, which is like a, yeah. their first epic song. It it's is. A masterpiece, I called it. It is. You flip the album over, and then you hit, hit with Transylvania, the yes. instrumental. Yes. My only one one point before you get in and break down the song yep. is that an instrumental to start off the second side of a disc is interesting. It is. Yeah. It's good high energy yeah. to kick off side two. You know, and this also has a lot of like 
time changes and it's, you yeah. know what I mean? So you're coming from Phantom of the Opera, you flip it over and you get this instrumental with all these time changes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this is their best instrumental? No, oh God, their best instrumental? So you got Transylvania, yeah. The Ides of March, Genghis yeah. Khan, and Lost for Words. Yeah. I'm not counting Satellite 15 because that's like... Yeah, that's just a quick little uh, front to the song, right? Yeah, but it's not and that quick. Lost for it's Words, like I'm not a fan something. of. Lost for Words? Yeah. Lost for Words is good, but it's, it's kind of right. generic maiden, I think, kind of... Yeah. We said... I, I mean, as soon as you said that, it. I thought there was more. I don't know why. Yeah, there's not... No. Yeah, there's not a lot, eh? And then... Because uh, yeah. I think this is the best yeah. maiden... I don't know, though. Instrumental. Ides of March is... I think Genghis Khan is like a close second. Yeah. Because Ides of March, I think of more as like the intro to Wrathchild. It's just that the Gen- Genghis Khan, one thing that always bothered me about that, I know it's silly, but I would love them to write a song about Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the lyrics? Yeah. Yeah, those good that's right. fodder for lyrics. That would there. be awesome, right? Yeah. You know? But I think this is the best, and then probably Genghis Khan yeah, and that's... Lost for Words. Yeah. Alexander the Great. Although, like, ask me tomorrow after I yeah. listen to them all, and I'll probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that always happens. If I listen yeah. to Genghis Khan three times now, I'll probably change my mind. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it right off the bat, I'm prepared if it's it's the best, but I definitely, I can't put any one of them above it yet. Yeah. Not off the top of my head. I, I really, really like this track. I find it's it better than Ides yeah. of March, though. Is it? I don't know. I really like Ides. I don't think Ides of March stands alone. If I had a mm. mix. CD made of like all different bands and the maiden track I picked was Ides of March. When it ended, you'd be like, what? Wait, Wait now. now? Yeah. Well, it <laughs> feels happened? like it always runs together. Right? Yeah. 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 But I find that. Well, they used to use it as an introduction to the concert. Yeah. And they use it on the album as an introduction to the album. Mm. So just to me, it's an introduction, intro song. Yeah. It doesn't stand alone like this. Yeah, stuff. but it's such an iconic song. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess so. But I'd say the same thing. Transylvania just defines for me. It, it's got that same feeling that I said with Prowler. It just feels like this album to me. Oh, yeah, Just totally. as soon as I hear it. Like, Iron Maiden travels so well. Charlotte, we've heard and discussed in so many contexts, you know. Well, this... But this is just this album. Transylvania compared mm. to Genghis Khan is part mm. of the reason that I picked this over Killers mm. lately. Yeah. Over, it's been, like, the last couple of years, I think I've been more into this album, out of the two Diano era albums. <laughs> Down to that one track. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I said that about uh, Phantom of the Opera 2 and, like, mm. Remember Tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I love both albums, but this is another reason that I think I give the edge to Iron Maiden, barely. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like Genghis Khan. It has a cool part right in the middle. You know, the really frantic part. They both have yep. really crazy drumming. They do, yep. Um, the bass playing and the drumming together on Transylvania are super solid and super yep. tight. And Transylvania has two guitar solos that are uh, I should just start playing the clips and they're talking very, about the clips <laughs> they're very defining too like they're just awesome so there's a two part solo mm. Stratton into Murray um, it's yeah the song now that I'm about to play it I just realized how much I love the song So to me, that's a very Adrian 
Adrian Solo. That sounds just at the like beginning. Him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know where you track the solos off because I was wondering about it, but there's there's like a back to back solo. Um, but then I feel like it, it almost, I think the list that I was working off, the transition for the solo, I think was, is, I don't know. I'd like to hear your take on it. Cause I think it's Dennis playing and then Dennis, Dennis continues and then it goes to Dave later on than what I was looking at. Yeah. So Dennis Stratton does the first part and then yeah. Dave Murray comes in. You can hear he's like, it gets really fluid and then they start playing in, in, uh, in harmony together, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's a little confusing to me where that transition is. Yeah, there's, there was a little bit of overlap for me, and I wasn't sure if if Dave Solo, well, Dave Solo is following. Dave does have his own solo yeah. towards the end of it. Uh, here's a clip of Dave, his the second solo that he has in the song. <laughs> It's cool they throw that second solo in. It breaks up the song a bit. It's a bit more interesting. Yeah. That's something Genghis Khan, too. It doesn't have these, like, you know, yeah, go crazy intense solos. And back-to-back solos. Yeah. That's such a great Maiden thing. Like, know? Genghis Khan's great. It has a really tight structure. There's, like, yeah. an intro, thrashy part in the middle, outro. Yeah. I don't know. This song's just has more wildness to it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. With uh, the solos in it? It does. It doesn't... Uh, They're both great, but... Yeah, it ramps up, gets you excited. Yeah. It really leads you into the second side of the disc. Yeah. Leads to a tune I really love. But you don't beg for lyrics. You're not waiting for it to kick in. It's awesome. Yeah. And you're right. This is definitely, um, you know, it's all about the guitar in this. And the harmonies in this, I can I can get with you on. Yeah. We talked about that with, yeah. you know. Something about harmonies that really, though, focus you on the... As soon as you take away the vocals, especially for me, I'm so yeah, vocal. Yeah, I just love guitar harmonies. Yeah, but you you spend your whole time just listening to the instruments one by one as oh, yeah. you listen thousands of yeah. times. Me, I'm just like beer, 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 loving the tune, <laughs> and then like I so focus on the vocals and the drums because yeah. I play drums. The so. solos in this though are I don't know, mm. it gives it a bit of a wild feeling, which I like. Yeah, I mean it, it's last for words is great too. Mm. It's more straight ahead kind of in the structure. These feel a little more like intense or something yeah last four words is actually probably better the solos are probably better but this has a better has kind of a wild feeling to it yeah. and in this early maiden i kind of like that yeah i don't know yeah yeah i mean i didn't do a comparison of them in the lead up to this oh my god know what I, we should do what i had a great idea for an episode what we just do a full episode on killers versus iron maiden oh that would be good yeah because oh. we've covered both of them now yeah that's and like... we'll just put them up together and we'll just you want to know head the, to head. You want to know the problem that is? It's Betty versus Veronica. And Archie spent years and couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that never made any sense. What about, uh, who was that other girl that used to always pop up every now and then? I can't remember. I don't know. There's a redheaded one, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know. Reggie. Stupid rich Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> so this instrumental, Transylvania, mm. um, they keep playing it even when Adrian gets in the band. And... Uh, have you ever heard Adrian playing this? No. Okay, so they play it a lot faster. It gets a little bit of a rearrangement. Instead of having a two-part solo, they give that whole section to Adrian to do a solo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pretty faithful to the album version, but 
it has a, a pretty cool like Adrian feeling to it. So Adrian does his version. He puts a stamp on it. It's yeah. kind of cool. He puts a stamp on that solo just for completeness. <laughs> oh, God. I have a clip from 1993 of Yannick doing the exact same solo. Excellent. So this is Yannick, like, just shredding the solo. <laughs> but his guitar playing is great. But this is what I mean when I say I get no feeling or emotion. It's just a lot of notes. So that's just him. That's typical Yannick. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Yannick as the third guitarist because you got Adrian doing Adrian's thing. You got Dave doing Dave's thing. And then Yannick does his thing, which is totally different. And that's what we just heard is what. And when he's the third, but I don't know. You're like, uh, Dave's doing Dave's thing and Adrian's doing Adrian's thing. And Yannick's there. (laughs) Yannick's doing Yannick's thing. Yannick's there. But Yannick's thing works with the other two. It definitely does. But I don't know. Uh, We've talked about how great Yannick is. And and he's had a lot of writing contributions. We did that. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Yannick fan. One of my favorites. I'm just saying in this this example. Yes. (laughs) I also, now I have to look back on this and say like, Stratton, I wonder how much he influenced Dave because he's that much older. They're so early. The back-to-back solos started with yeah. Dennis. I wonder how much he shaped that. And then when Adrian came in, he'd like, this is the way we used to do it. Well, Dennis Stratton had a big hand in like mm. a lot of the guitar harmonies and arranging it. Yeah. So. I mean, and he was senior and he had a he had a lot more experience. Yeah. He had recording experience before this album with Remus Down Boulevard. So. Yeah. That's part of the reason that he was like appealing as a second guitar player to Steve Harris. Yeah. That he kind of had some experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he's a great guitar player. Yeah, we'll never know, but I think he, uh, no, we'll never know the influence he had. But uh, when you hear that there, like, what amazes me, you know, is the solos that he does have are so much like, um, they're so similar to the um, Adrian solos, the same structure, the same kind of intensity, and, uh, you know, even their placement relative to... uh, to Murray here, it's like I know what you mean. Like Dave yeah. Murray is very much more improvised. Yeah, and Dennis and Adrian yeah. both compared to Dave Murray are a little more structured. Yeah, but they're not they're not the same. But no. look how close they were. Although Adrian put his mark on that solo, yeah. but Yannick's over here, like you know. Yeah, Yannick's just like I'm going to do what yeah. I'm going to do. Well, a lot of so, guitarists what wouldn't I do best recreate the solos. They just do what they think sounds cool. Right, which is you what Yannick did. Yeah. 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 That's why I always call the Yannick the wild card. Because he's wild just like card. shredding. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't like grab his whammy bar and just put a bunch yeah. of those like wow, wow, wow in there somewhere. Yeah. Which I love when he doesn't. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like Maiden now with the three guitarists. Yeah. They've hit this perfect mix of like Adrian's crafted solos, Dave's like bluesy, like smooth playing. Yeah. And Yannick's like wildness. There's nothing I like more than, like, 
you know, you're watching one of the Maiden DVDs or something, and mm. they all line up and they do a three-part solo. Yeah, that's back. deadly. It's really cool. I love when they do that. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes they trade off classic solos every yeah. now and then. Yeah, and you can just see that it's it, it balances out the load, too. You yeah, know, it yeah. helps them a lot in a yeah. concert, right? You can yeah. focus in. And if you've got two of them going and you're getting ready for a solo, you got time to think and... You know, it's just, it's awesome. Like, yeah. and we're going to the, we're going to the Legacy of the Beast tours in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, that's something I haven't thought about until right now is I'm bringing my daughter and she's eight and I have a feeling mm. the stage sets are going like, to blow her mind. Yeah. But I kind of, I feel like Yannick's going to like blow her mind. <laughs> yeah. He's hopping around. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think he's ever just seen tell her he's Well, she's sa- seen the DVDs, so she knows what Yannick's all about. Just tell her he's Santa Claus's younger brother. <laughs> You should, because she'll, be, she'll buy it. She'll be like, really? Yeah, he, he gave up on the toy making and just went. She's a little old for that, but I'll try it. <laughs> she'll just roll her eyes. Next track. Yes. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast, possibly the best podcast in the world. So Transylvania, awesome yes. opener for a side two. High energy. Yes. You're coming off of Phantom of the Opera, mm. which has all those changes. And then you have this and just like, you know. Yeah. It is funny, though, when you have an instrumental, like that they, did they not want to lay down lyrics over it? You know what I mean? I think part of the reason that they put that right there mm. is because you're coming off of that right into Strange World. Yeah. It's a strange world. But like with the instrumental, what's interesting about it, you know, is a key member of your band isn't playing like your lead singer's yeah. not singing so it's interesting because if if you put an acoustic on air you know what I mean even if it was people no drums no bass for this one that's not gonna fly you know what I mean it's just funny like when you think about it that way yeah yeah it makes sense a lot of albums especially back then used to have them and they were like gaps and maybe it made sense for some other reason like a break. To give your singer a break yeah give your singer a break I mean you know, there's so many epic tracks. But you got to remember, that just because yeah. it's an instrumental, it's still awesome. It's still an it awesome song that you want to put on your album. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And can you honestly think of anything, that any vocal line that you could sing over that? No. no. <laughs> it's too intense, right? I cannot. It gives, gives Bruce a uh, costume. Uh, change time. That's what instrumentals and big solos and long components do. All right. Next track. Strange World. Strange World. So I love the song, too. Yeah, it's one of my favorites on the I album. really love the song. Love it. So Transylvania kind of like bleeds into the song, mm-hmm. and you get this like slow groove from Maiden, which is not very common for them to no. do like a, you know, a slow brooding psychedelic rock yeah. track.
the bass line, yeah. super simple, mm-hmm. and it fits the song perfect. And the drums are really sparse, and they also fit, like, perfect. Again, back to last episode, he doesn't overplay it, doesn't go crazy. Yeah, and there's all these yeah. beats that kind of, like, fall behind time. Yeah. I don't know the term, drumming term for it, but it's, he's kind of fi- yeah. hitting behind and kind of, yeah. you know, laying back a bit. Yeah. It has a cool groove to it. And the rhythm guitars have this flange effect on them. It gives it this really, like, spacey vibe, like an underwater vibe to the guitars. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Very unique for Maiden. Yeah. They don't have anything else that sounds like this in the catalog, I don't think. No. And it's, Prodigal it's, Sun, maybe, but that doesn't have the spacey vibe to it. No. And uh, it's a great Paul song. Like, he's so good in it. Yeah. I just love this. It just fits so good, you know. So it's a Dave Murray solo credit. Mm. Um, part of the reason I think this song is so unique and doesn't sound like anything else that Maiden did is when we did our Birth of the Beast episodes, we found out that Palmyro Day mm. contributed a lot to the writing of the song. Uh, I got a quote here from Palmyro Day. He says, At age of 19, I had an opportunity to sing with Iron Maiden. This was my first real band, as my only other experience came from singing with friends in bedrooms and backyards. In the newly formed Iron Maiden, I wrote my first song, Strange World, which was included years later on their album, simply called Iron Maiden. So... Wow. I assume he was compensated and they just bought the rights for the song from him. Because um, I saw an interview with him from last year, not very long ago, and he said everything's good. He's they, The guy kind of pushes him to kind of kind of push the issue in the interview. And he's like, all's good. You know, everything's great. No, no problems there. That's basically mm-hmm. what he says. Because they kind of ask him about the credits for the song. So he seems very cool with it. So I'm sure mm. whatever happened, he's happy with it. So, and you know, another thing I love about this song we talked about this last episode. I am a sucker for a slow, bluesy Dave Murray guitar solo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. And you get two in the song, which is awesome. First one's Dennis Stratton, the intro solo. And, well, it's just the solos one at a time. So the first one's Dennis Stratton. Um, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the drums behind it and the trippy kind of guitars underneath it. Uh, this is like some of the best maiden bluesy guitar playing you'll hear. Coming out of that solo too, I just love the way Paul is. It's, it's just so out of. It's not as gruff, yeah. crumbly. It's it comes really, out of that into the verses and like, yeah, yeah the lyrics are really trippy too. It's about yeah. a guy who like doesn't fit in the world. Yeah, it's like he exists in a strange, different, like psychedelic world of his own. Yeah, you know what I mean. The only place where you can dream, living here, is not what it seems. Ship of white light in the sky, and nobody there to reason why. Here I am, I'm not really there, smiling faces ever so rare. Let's walk in deepest space. Living here just isn't the place. Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's it. Oh, I love it. I love the melody. I just love the way he's just. Yeah. I don't know. Almost calm, almost melodic in it. Yeah. And uh, it just really draws you in. So here's a clip. I'll play a clip of Paul singing, just mm. so you know what we're talking about, because he does. 
you always think of Paul and you think of him singing these like maiden, hard maiden songs. Mm. But like, remember tomorrow even is kind of like, it's yeah. slow, but it's heavy. But this isn't, doesn't it, the lyrics are kind of heavy in his delivery yeah. and whatever. But like, this is a kind of unique Paul Diano style of singing, at least up to now anyway. Yeah. Shades of green grasses twine, girls drinking plasma wine. A look at love, a dream unfolds. Living here, you'll never grow old. Yeah. It's very psychedelic sounding. Like it, it sounds like an acid trip or something. And you almost wonder, like when 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 you get into this, you start to think, are they showing as much range as possible on this album? Yeah, maybe. You it's know? almost like they went. Yeah, that's a good. I never thought of that before, but yeah, because in the beginning, like you know, Prowler is kind of pumpy, and yeah. then of course there's some there's some really tough moments in uh, Remember Tomorrow, he's kind of gruff, and then of course yeah. it ends with Cheryl Harlot and, yeah. and and Iron Maiden, which are really rough and tumble. And then you have and Phantom of the Opera, which is kind of like, you know, I would say like mm. progressive sounding, and then you've got Running Free, which is kind of like a, it's a very for simple, radio. Yeah, yeah, classic rock type song, simple. Single. Then you get your intense uh, instrumental. Mm. Your strange world, which is like your trippy yeah. psychedelic acid trip ballad <laughs> slash love song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they are yeah. all over the place. Maybe they did yeah. purposely pick to show all the different sides of the stuff they could do. That's yeah, a good point. It was a smart, you know. Yep. Yeah, and they end with a, uh, you know, an anthem. I mean, it's a pretty uh, amazing opening album when you look at it that way. But yeah, fantastic. That's weird. Too. There's two verses. Mm-hmm. There's not really a chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And after the first verse, you get a Dave Murray bluesy solo. So we listen to the Stratton one. Mm. Um, I just love how his guitar comes in. And I love Dave Murray's guitar tone. I love cool. that so much, man. Yeah. I just find the bass that... playing under that solo is awesome too. It's awesome. Yeah. I got a funny yeah. story uh that reminds me of. So me and Josh have a friend in Australia. He's a huge mm. Maiden fan. And he told me that how he became a Maiden fan. He was on a school bus when he was young and someone gave him headphones, hooked up to a Walkman, played this song in the Walkman for him. And he had never heard I don't think he'd ever heard Maiden before. 
And when the this bass line came in, there's like a descending bass, a couple of descending bass notes. And he says there's one note that Steve Harris hits. And that's the moment he became a Maiden fan. It's uh, this part. So that's what it turned our friend into a Maiden fan. Wow. Yeah. I wonder whoever put that headphones on and what they were doing to him at the time that was playing. <laughs> there must have been something else memorable going on. Wow. That's what made him a Maiden fan. That's cool. Yeah, well, that's what he told me. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. kind of a cool story. Yeah. I always think of that when I hear that part of the song. I'm like, here comes the dun, 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 dun. Boom. Yeah, there boom. it is. He's converted. He's converted. <laughs> yeah. No one gets past the bass. It's drop. weird to have this be your entry point for Maiden. Yeah. But I mean, I guess something's going to hook you. Well, yeah, that's right. It is a it is a funny uh, a funny track. You, you wouldn't think of it as number one. No, yeah. that that would get you. But it all yeah. depends on what you're listening to. I think the first time you hear any Maiden tune, if you're you're set up for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you could pick any Maiden tune and play it to someone if they're in the right mindset. If they're going to be a Maiden fan, mm. they'll get into it. Pretty much yeah, any song. Yeah, I got really hooked on A Matter of Life and Death. The Best of the That's Beast true. was my first one, but A Matter yeah. of Life and Death, was, I was like, this is the best album of all <laughs> yeah, time. you're right. It's right? still up there, man. Half the people listening are like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Another thing I forgot to talk about with this song. Yeah. This song was one of the four songs that were demoed to go on the Soundhouse tapes. Uh, but this one was left off of the Soundhouse tapes. So they dem- demoed it. Only three of them made it onto the Soundhouse tapes because Steve wasn't happy with the production of it. Yes, and I remember that. Yeah, this is the odd one out. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of too bad because um, you get... Okay, I'm going to play a solo now, which is amazing. It's Paul Cairns, who was the second guitar player at the time when they recorded the demos that went on to become the Soundhouse tapes. Um, he's the second guitarist on all the Soundhouse tapes. And he has an awesome guitar solo. He has an awesome style. Mm. Um, it's totally different from Dave Murray and Dennis Stratton's. It's, uh, you'll, when you hear this, you'll, this sounds very unique compared to the other guitar players. And that's because it's a different person. It's Paul Cairns. That's a great guitar solo. Yeah, that's fantastic. And he, he's very bluesy sounding. So that's yeah. Paul Cairns. Underappreciated. Oh, yeah. That's a really yeah. great guitar solo. Yeah. Super solid. Wow. And so, that was yeah. left off the sound of taste, but you managed to scrounge up the demo <laughs> from somewhere. Um, I like to always shine light on Paul Cairns yeah. and the other members of Maiden that actually like recorded with Maiden. Yeah. Like a lot of the guys showed up and they toured for a while and then they were not toured. They played gigged with Maiden. Then they're out of the band. A couple of people were in and out really quick. Yeah, some people played days. longer, and some people did contribute to like songwriting. But like Paul Cairns, like he's a big part of Maiden history, playing on the Soundhouse tapes, which is basically kind of what broke Maiden. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm sure they probably would have. There's enough momentum behind them that they would have broke somehow. But like, 
those recordings are a big, huge part of Maiden history, and he played guitar on them. So yeah, I always like to mention him whenever the Soundhouse tapes come up. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. quality. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really great guitar solo. Yeah, that's deadly. That's oh, too bad. Uh, he's not on the Soundhouse tapes. Well, he's on them as backup, but I mean that he's that, not listed, that, not credited. Yeah, he's not credited either. Yeah, yeah he was out of the band by the time that came out. So uh, the current members. Boo Earns. Yeah. Oh my God, that's heartbreaking. Imagine if you were involved and like, wow. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's a cool song. I love Strange World. Hmm. That's right. Now that we're listening to like clips of it. Yeah. I'm like remembering how much I love the song. Yeah, it's one of my <laughs> favorites. It wasn't my entry point to Maiden, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah, on it's album. awesome. It's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love girls drinking plasma wine. Oh, well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> come back to my place for a plasma wine and a space vodka. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's deadly. Um, I got to say, these two tracks are my favorite part of this side, if only because, you know, they're still a nostalgia, not a nostalgia, they're still a, you know, they're not as overplayed as the rest. Now, you know, Charlotte Harlot, we'll get into that in the next time, but yeah. it's become such a iconic piece of like maiden lore and just discussion, yeah, or at least yeah. in our podcast world. Other people probably don't. don't yeah, know. no, because the Charlotte yeah. the Harlot 22 Acacia Avenue thing, yeah. and you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of turned into like a thing so people are more conscious of the song yeah but uh yeah yeah charlotte um we'll get into that one in the next episode yeah okay yeah but uh definitely like strange worlds i i would put it as one of my favorite tracks i i love prowler so much i love remember tomorrow and obviously phantom but i put this one there with them yeah Yeah. like you haven't you're listening to this new maiden album if you've never heard maiden say Mm. put yourself back in 1980 you see the album cover, which is amazing. Yeah. You throw this on your turntable hmm. and you get like these first songs. And like my first, my only uh, criticisms are like on the next track, which we'll get into next episode. Yeah. But and like up until now, man, you're just they're hitting it out of the park. Firing yeah. on all cylinders. <laughs> Firing on Whatever all cylinders. Whatever cliche I can there's think a, of. There's a guy in the early years documentary who literally says like, oh, this is the best album they have. Everything was downhill after. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, Fair enough. That's totally a biased perspective. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, you know, I was in there and I was hanging out and I knew them all. And then they went and got famous. They oh, yeah. sucked. Them. It's like your friend that like started hating Maiden when Power Slave came out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, I, I can't, I can't get yeah. on board with this. I know. Up to here, I was great. It makes no sense. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. Especially Tell- with Peace of Mind and Power Slave are so similar sounding to me. Yeah. Until you get to know him. He's both A, hilarious and B, you can never guess what he's going to like or just like. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> You know, interesting cat. What do you make of this beer? Uh, it's good. I wish I had had brought a six pack of these back. Oh, but I my God. Yeah, we should do another booze and podcast soon, like one where we really get going on it. Oh, Maybe yeah. with a special guest. I'll oh, get yeah. someone That's in fun. mind and get going on that. But I've, I've tried, for all the, everyone who's listening, <laughs> I've tried once or twice to sneak in a second one since the, since the <laughs> Diano podcast. And I'm getting the, I'm getting the, I'm getting the eyes. That Diano podcast was fun. We had uh, yeah. a good few beers in that one. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, we'll close this one a little early. Yep. Yeah, and lots of tour news coming up, all that stuff. All the early year stuff, all the Iron Maiden stuff, anything you want to uh, weigh in on, talkmaiden.com slash talk. We've got a lot of good stuff lately. Yep. We've yeah. got a lot of feedback, got a lot of emails. Mm. I love and getting the emails and love getting the feedback. So keep, exactly. it, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. We love it. It's all manageable. It'll, we'll get it all out there. Yeah. Some of it might take, if you've put something in, it might take a little longer. Yeah. There's a few people takes... that referred to specific things yeah. that we're going to be talking about 
in episodes that we have planned. Yeah. So I'm not playing those now. I'm going to wait until yeah. we get into the topic and then play them. But Yeah, they go in the vault. And then yeah. you get a, a big shout out and we get to real dig into it. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Talkman.com slash talk. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Yep. Until Tell next your time. friends. Tell your friends. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. We used to always ask for iTunes reviews, mm. which you can go ahead and review us on iTunes if you want. Just to click the five. You don't have to write a review. Yeah. But, you, but I don't really care about the the iTunes reviews anymore. I care more about like people telling their friends. <laughs> Nesbitt's lame. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, up the irons and down the hops. <laughs>